God bless you. Welcome back to my podcast. It's all relative. Thank God for another day. Um, I really kind of took my time with this episode because I really wanted to make sure that um, I gave uh, information that was thorough and all ex- also explanations that was thorough concerning the one save, always save theory. Um, many people are teaching this and it is very misleading teaching because it's not accurate according to the word of God at all. And uh, scriptures are being taken read out of context and therefore misleading the people of God. And I just wanted to try to help to, to circumvent that a little bit and hopefully to shed light on, on the subject of once save, always save, because um, that teaching is, is going to land some people in hell for real. And we can't afford to to misinterpret the word now because time is getting short. So uh, I pray that this will help someone and, and open your eyes and, and uh, that you'll see, you know, and that we'll appreciate what Jesus have done for us in, in what God have given us in the gift of salvation. So take a listen. Just want to share a word with you on today. We thank God for another day. I thank him because he's God beside him. There's no other God. And I'm going to pray real fast. And then we're going to get right into the word. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you because you are God beside you. There's no other God. You are the God of the universe. And God, we give you glory. We give you praise. And we ask that you will open our understanding on today. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Reveal the word to us. Give us revelation knowledge. Help us to understand. Open our understanding. So God, that we won't miss you. That we won't we won't forget. We won't misinterpret your word, God. Help us to understand, God, that we may bring glory to your name and not a reproach. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, this subject of once saved, always saved. Uh, I've listened to some people talk about it and um, the versions that that they're coming up with are really strange. I'm not going to get into picking on folks and calling people's names and putting up a screen with somebody on it and all of that. You got time for that just want to understand the word of God, just want to be in the will of God, just want to know that that we are, are being obedient to him and that we are understanding that we're not lacking knowledge so we won't perish. So let's look at some scriptures first. Uh, I'll read the one that I, I, I heard a, a self-proclaimed pastor, I guess, I don't know, say that he read. Um, says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the, word, the good word of God and the powers of the world to come 
if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Now first let's talk about how it says it's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift. This is not referring to people who are, are sinners. This is referring to people who have been converted, to people who have received Jesus, who have confessed Christ, who have declared that they have been saved uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. They declare that they know God. Uh, they were partakers of the Holy Ghost, meaning they were filled with the Spirit of God and have tasted the good word of, of God because the Holy Ghost is a gift that is given to us. We receive him and he comes and in, indwells on the inside of us. You're still saved if he's not indwelling on the inside of you. As you know, in the Old Testament, God still used many people, but the Holy Ghost had not yet, yet come because Jesus had not been born. The Holy Ghost did not come until after Jesus was resurrected and he said that I have to go away so that the Comforter will come. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Christ, the Anointed One. And that's the reason Jesus had to go away for him to come. Okay, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they should fall away. Now, that term right there, fall away, if they should fall away, says that you can fall away. And the Bible, and it says... As a matter of fact, there will be a great falling away in the last days. So if you can't be out of Christ or, or not be saved, choose not to be saved anymore, then it's not once saved, always saved. Because the arguments that I've heard were, were one pastor was saying, oh, well, the Bible says no one can pluck us out of his hands, which is true. No one can. But you can get out of his hands you can leave you can give you, you can give up your salvation the devil can't take it and nobody else can take it adam and eve gave up the presence of god they gave up having the right to live in the garden Esau gave up his birthright it wasn't taken he was tricked out of it but he gave it up willingly and we can give up and say, I don't want God anymore. Even if we've known him, even if, as this scripture say, you've been a partaker of the Holy Ghost. You can reject, you can denounce him. Many people do it. That is the will that you have, a freedom that you have. God does not control us. He gave us free will. That's why his word says, whosoever will, whosoever wants to. Your will is what you want to do. So you can want to be saved or you can want not want to be saved. That's why it's whosoever will. He's not going to make you. He's not going to force you. And as long as you stay with him, he'll stay with you. But you can walk away and he'll allow you to do that. God is not a tyrant and he's not a puppet master. He's not going to control us and, and, and nobody wants forced love. We as human beings don't want forced love and we're made in his image. What makes you think he wants forced love? That's why he said, whosoever will, let him come. So if you get to a point in your walk where you're no longer willing, you can walk away. 
and you will not be saved anymore. And this scripture is talking about that type of person that have known God, that have tasted of God's goodness, that have been empowered, that have felt the spirit of God, and then they still decided, I don't want this. And the Bible is saying it's impossible for those because all of the work has already been done. Jesus have already went to the cross. He've already paid the price. He's not going to get back up on the cross. And it says, they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. So when you walk away and you denounce God, you're saying, you know, uh, all Jesus did was in vain. It didn't even matter. I don't even want it. For you, it would be impossible. Because there's no way to redo what's already been done. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Meaning, the work of salvation is complete. It's finished. So you take the work of salvation, you receive it, and then you say, I don't want it. God's not going to force you. You can't walk away. That's why the Bible says it'll be a great falling away. People will start turning away from the faith. And then another scripture was used that said, um, let me see, let me make sure I get it right. He was talking about the fact that Jesus said, all those that the Father have given to me, I have not lost one. All that the Father have given to me. Jesus was talking about not losing one. This is when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the soldiers came to pick him up and take him. He asked them to release the disciples because they were in the garden with him. He said, let these go so the word would be fulfilled. That all those that the Father gave me, I didn't lose one. He was talking about the men was that, that were there with him that particular moment. He was not talking about every believer. So this pastor was saying, well... He said he have not, you know, let it, let the word be fulfilled that he have not lost one that the Father gave him. He was talking about the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's not the right context. Then it was taken out of context. Let's look at the word renounce. Because the angel of the Lord talked to John on the island of Patmos in Revelation. Revelations 2 and 13. This was Jesus talking to the church of Pergamon. He said, I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me. Not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. He said, you did not renounce your faith in me. If you can't walk away, what is that saying? Look at renounce the definition. Formally declare one's abandonment of a claim, right, or possession. Just like a king can renounce his throne. The throne belongs to him. He was put on it. He was crowned. He was born into it. However you want to put it. But he can renounce it. He can walk away. Prince Harry did it with, with Meghan. He renounced his throne, his position in the kingdom, and he walked away. That's what renounce means. And Jesus was telling the people at the church of Pergamon, you have not renounced your faith. You have not walked away.
so you can walk away from God. And these scriptures that people are using is, is ridiculous. God's not going to make you stay with him. And they're grabbing little pieces of this one and that one and, and, and formulating it to try to make it say something that it's not saying. When he said he, he, so it would be said that he would not lose one, he was talking about the disciples that were with him. And he said to lose. He would lose one because they, they would be taken away. We're not talking about somebody that's being taken away or, or, or against their will. We're talking about somebody that's willfully making a conscious decision to walk away from their faith. For that person, there is no repentance. There's no do-over. The Bible talks about speaking against the Holy Ghost. When you renounce God and His Spirit, that's what you're doing. And the Bible tells us there's no forgiveness for that. So when you walk away and renounce everything that you know to be true, Prince Harry was the true prince or whatever. He had he was in the kingdom, born into it. His mama was 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 Prince Diana and his daddy was Prince Prince Harry or whatever. Everything about that life was true. And he still walked away from it. And renounced it and said, I don't want it. That's what a person is doing when they renounce God and walk away from their faith, when they fall away. That's not even a backslider. A backslider is somebody that just go back to sin. They didn't renounce God. They didn't renounce the Holy Spirit. They just went back into sin. There's a difference. And that's why God is married to the backslider. The backslider can come back because they have not rejected God. They have not rejected his spirit. They have not renounced him as if he's not the truth. But this person here that this scripture is talking about did that. And for them, there is no more. And that's why the Bible says it's impossible. I know we don't want to believe that God will do something like that. But look at the Old Testament. Look at the characteristics of God when it comes to tolerating sin. When it comes to to rejecting him. Just look at his character. Yes, he's a God of love. But God ain't playing. He mean what he say. 
the devil have children too. And the scripture that this pastor used also was the wheats and the tares being growing together. Wheats and the tares, they kind of look alike. It's hard to differentiate. And the enemy sold the tares. God didn't sow the tares. So those were not given by God. The wheat was given by God. The tares were sown by the enemy, the devil. But they were allowed to grow up together until it was time for the harvest, and then they would be separated. That's what we're experiencing now, a separation. You're seeing who's really of God and who's not. You're seeing the tares that, were, were, that grew up, that look like, that resemble so closely you almost couldn't tell because they, they mixed in. Because the devil have children too. The Bible says, ye are of your father the devil, hence evil deeds you will do. That's what Jesus told the Pharisees. So the devil have children too. The Bible says he turns his ministers into angels of light. He make them look like. Those were not given by God. They were sown by the devil. So if, if, if they fall away, they were only there for a short, short time anyway. They just grew up with the wheat. And now they're being separated. And then I read. Proverbs 26 and 11. And it says. As a dog returning to his vomit. So a fool returning to his folly. You can receive salvation and then return back to the life of sin. That's your choice. It's your free will. It's your choice. You can do whatever you want to do. God does not force anybody to stay saved. He does not force anybody to, to stay with him or acknowledge him as God. Nobody. So if you choose to denounce if you choose to turn away. That's the reason the Bible talks about backsliders. He's married to the backslider. That's a person that have turned away from God for whatever the reason. said I will not frustrate the grace of God we live in a day now where people are using grace almost to a fault because they're living a life that is, is not pleasing to God unrighteous continuing in sin and Paul said how can we that are delivered from sin live any longer therein in other words how can we remain in sin if we're saying we're of god if we if we've been redeemed we've been bought with a price jesus paid the price and we've received his salvation we received his spirit how can we continue to walk in sin well because people are preaching so much grace they're making struggle an actual place to live it's not the will of God that we struggle through our whole life of salvation. 
we should get the victory somewhere sometime. Your whole salvation, saved life should not be you struggling, trying to make it up the rough side of the mountain. The Bible says he take us from glory to glory and from strength to strength. We are more than conquerors through him. So if we're not conquering somewhere, that means he's not operating in us. And that's not God's fault. That's our fault. Because he, he can't lie. So if we say we have all of Jesus and we're still doing every damnable thing we can think of, God's not the one that's lying. God's not the one that can't deliver. God's not powerless. He said, I give you power over every power of the enemy. So if we're not exercising power over the enemy, especially when it comes to our own flesh, God's not the liar. We are. And people are preaching that you can't leave God. Once you saved, you always saved. What does fall away mean then? What does it mean? Fall away. That means you, you, you go a different way. If they should fall away to renew them again unto repentance. He's saying here, if they decide to just walk away. Then they're going to come back and, and, and repent again. You just literally just walked away from God, knowing him, if he delivered you from whatever, you know, his indwelling power, you've been filled with his Holy Spirit, and now you're rejecting it. There's no repentance for that. When John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness, he said, bring ye forth from uh, uh, fruits meet for repentance. In other words, bring a repentant heart for your sins. But this person here, yeah, about them going back into sin, they just rejecting God. First Samuel 8, 4 through 9. Then the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all nations. But the thing dis displeased Samuel when they said, Give us the king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me. So here you have the children of Israel. God was Lord over them. And he had Samuel as his mouthpiece, the prophet. And they said, we don't want this. We want a king. So God said to Samuel, give them what they want. But don't feel bad about it. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. So if you can't reject God, why would he say they rejected me? Because they were. They were living under the leadership of God. They were living under the power of God. God was doing miracles for them. 
and they didn't want it. They didn't appreciate it. They were not grateful. And they said, forget this, I don't want this. They rejected him, which is what people do when they fall away that have known God. They make a conscious decision to reject and denounce God. And for those people, there is no repentance. That's what the scripture says. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. Meaning they knew God and they made a conscious decision to walk away. People want to say, well, no, God loves us. It don't matter what we do, you know. Let's look at Revelations 22, 10 and 11. See, because God loves forever, but he don't tolerate sin forever. He didn't tolerate it forever when it came to Adam and Eve. He put them out of the garden. He didn't tolerate it forever when it came to Noah. He made it rain and killed off everybody. He didn't tolerate it a long time with Sodom and Gomorrah. It was a certain amount of time for Lot to get out of there because he was going to destroy it. Did he love all those people? Yes. But God's only going to tolerate sin for so long. I'll start at, let's see, Revelations 10 and 11. And he said, this is Jesus talking to John on the island of Patmos. And he said unto me, this is John speaking, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. So Jesus is saying here, the time is getting short. We about to wind this up. So if they don't be in sin, let them stay in sin. Those that are going to stay, let them stay. Not to saying, it's right here. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. In other words, just leave him right where he is. So there is a limit to God's tolerance of sin. There's no limit on his love for people. God's going to love some people straight into hell. They're going to go to hell. He's still going to love them. Just like you still love your kids when they do wrong. But you still have to pay, uh, or they still have to pay the consequences of their actions if you uh, discipline them any type of way. The discipline still got to come, love and all. You love, you discipline them because you love them. But God has given us plenty of time, plenty of warning, and letting us know. This kind of person is not going to enter into the kingdom of God. He told the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. And they rejected him. They made them a golden calf. That was rejecting God because God said to Pharaoh, let my people go so they can go out into the wilderness. And Moses told Pharaoh, we got, we're going to go out and we're going to worship God there. And God said, I'll be your God and you're going to be my people. And as soon as Moses disappeared, they made a build, built themselves a golden calf and rejected God. And there was a consequence for that. The younger people had to wander in the wilderness 40 years 
in order to allow the older people to die off because God said they will not enter into the promised land. Y'all gonna stay out here until they die off. You, the young ones can go. But these that have rejected me are not going. Did God love them? Sure did. He opened the Red Sea for them. But he will not tolerate sin. Which is why we get in trouble with that grace thing. Paul said, I will not frustrate the grace of God. Meaning, don't take the grace of God. Uh, uh, don't take advantage of it. Don't take it for granted. Because God said, I will have mercy on whom I will. We don't know who that person is. So it's best to just live right and obey God. I don't want to gamble with my soul. I don't know about you. And the Bible says in Proverbs that just like a dog vomiting and then he go back and eat it. And I've seen dogs literally do that. They'll turn right back around and lick it right back up. So they've been delivered, they've been set free, and then they turn around and go right back to the mess that they was delivered from. They make a conscious decision to do it. They, they denounce God. I'm not talking about somebody that's struggling with, with, a, with a sin issue. Somebody, you know, that, that is not delivered and, and they're struggling and, and they're trying to be set free and, and they got to fight. I'm not talking about that person. I'm talking about somebody, according to this scripture here, that have felt the power of God. They know the Holy Spirit. It says, they've tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of, wor of the world to come and they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh. So this is saying their actions put Jesus back on the cross. Figuratively speaking. Because literally he's not going to go back on the cross. That's done. When he come back this time, it'll be in judgment. I just wanted to kind of elaborate on that because I heard those those things being said and, and we got to quit playing with God because God's not playing yes he loves everybody God is very loving but he will not tolerate sin he give everybody a chance the Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked man forsake his ways, and the righteous man, the unrighteous man, his thoughts. We have to turn from the mess and the junk and the sin and make a conscious decision to turn and be done with it. God is a deliverer, He will help us every step of the way. I know, I'm a witness every step of the way he's faithful he will keep that which is committed unto him but we have to commit ourselves and that's where we having a problem the commitment we don't want to commit 
We want to have one foot over here and one foot over here. Straddle the fence, try to live in both worlds. Most of the people that are looking like they're successfully doing that are not saved at all. They're the tear that's been sown, sown into the wheat. They look like, they resemble, but they're not wheat. So I just wanted to share that word with you because it, it saints, we, we, we can't play. The devil is turning up the furnace. People out here are obeying what they father tell them to do, which is the devil. Spirits are manifesting right in front of our faces. And a lot of people that are saying they have all of Christ are powerless. I thank God for another Bible study, and I will be doing more of these because I just, I feel led to do it. It's, it's, it's getting serious. Uh, time is wasting, it's running out. People are going into eternity. They are dying and leaving. And some of them are not prepared. They're not ready for this life, the, the, what they're going to see on the other side. I know we want to put everybody in heaven, but the truth is everybody's not going to go to heaven. God said it and he meant it. So let us that are here straighten up and fly right so we can meet him in peace. Talk to you next time.